This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, and by Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving the Chicagoland area. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome into the post NHL trade deadline edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, is the one and only pride and joy of Homewood, Illinois, Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay, We promised our listeners a look at the NHL trade deadline and an evaluation of what the Blackhawks did, and then they promptly did nothing. Absolutely nothing. After after the trade deadline with the Blackhawks standing pat, how are you feeling right now, my friend? Well, look, everyone knows that the trade deadline is kind of a tie between trade deadline and free agency day. They're my two favorite days of the year on the hockey calendar because I love transactions. I think a lot of sports fans love transactions. I found like whenever I write anything for the score that when there's a trade rumor tied to it or or anything like that, that it's the most popular thing that I could write. Um, People just love it. People eat it up. I'm among them. So I don't know exactly what I was hoping the Hawks would do Monday, but I was just hoping they'd do something just so we had something to talk about, just so we had something to react to. That said, I'm fairly satisfied that they did not go out and give away an asset for a rental kind of a player to try to get over the playoff hump. I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm glad that Stan Bowman said all along we were never in the rental market. That tells me that he's seeing things the way they really are, and he's not falling for sort of the smoke and mirrors we've seen over the last little bit here. I think his head's in the right place. I think he handled it correctly. Um, there are some contracts you'd obviously like to see moved at any time, Brent Seabrook, maybe Duncan Keith to a lesser extent, Artem Anisimov. We'll get to those guys in a little bit. But as far as like realistic moves they could have made, I'm sort of glad they stood pat and didn't rent a guy who was just going to end up leaving or not signing and uh, probably not accomplishing much in terms of ultimate goal of the season. Well, I mean, if I had known that uh, it would have been possible to acquire a guy like Mikhail Granlund for basically nothing i would have you know potentially considered that 
But on a serious note, yeah, I mean, they're just I don't think the market was there for the Blackhawks to go out and get the kind of player that they were probably going to be looking to get, which to me was probably a longer term answer on the blue line would have been the one thing that I think they may have looked at on the market. And this this time of year just isn't conducive to that. That's much more of an NHL draft kind of thing where you're giving up uh, younger players and assets. Uh, Teams are a little bit more willing to part with those kinds of things. It's not so uh, predicated on rentals and improving right this very second. So I think the Blackhawks will probably look to be more active at that point in uh, the trade market and then obviously moving into free agency. So I was glad to see that they didn't dip their toes at all in the rental market. And the thing that I would have had them do, the trying to kind of build for the future, it's kind of hard to do that in midseason. And I think they'll be just fine if they as they wait, you know, until June to start doing those kinds of moves. Well, I think, you know, you want the big move made on trade deadline day, but you've got to give Stan Bowman credit. You just said you you want to make moves for the future of the team. The two that he did and maybe three that he did in season have worked out very well. Dylan Strom, Drake Kajula, and to a lesser extent, Slater Cuckoo. Um, all trades where you feel like you won those deals, you feel like you got the better player back in all of those situations. So yes, it's hard to do in season. It's especially hard to do at the deadline. Um, I, the only thing that that's, you know, they, they've got to move a defenseman here somehow. They've got to find a way and maybe it's Duncan Keith. I I still can't find a scenario where they're going to be able to move Brent Seabrook in any dream world, unless they're going to retain most of the salary at that point, what's even the point, but right. there's, there, you know, there is a legitimate problem of too many defensemen and Stan Bowman said yesterday, well, you know, that's a nice problem to have because then you could trade those guys and you can get, um, you know, pieces to improve your team. That's all fine and good, but the guys you want to move out either don't have a lot of value as in they're like lower level prospects, like a Slater cuckoo. You probably could maybe get a draft pick for at this point. Um, or they're guys who are veterans who are kind of unmovable. Like, you don't want to trade Yokoharu. You don't want to trade Boquist. You don't want to trade Bodan or Mitchell. Those are guys you think are going to be, uh, you know, you'd hope at least half those guys would work out and be full-time Hawks for a long time. So, I don't know. Yes, you have a lot of guys, um, but I don't know what's what you want to move to improve the team. That's the question. Uh, you've yeah. got all these bodies, but the ones you need to move out probably aren't going anywhere. I do want to mention, uh, you mentioned with Brent Seabrook having to retain salary with him. I believe under the NHL uh, collective bargaining agreement, a team has to take on at least 50% of the salary of a player. So in Brent Seabrook's case, it would probably be roughly $3.8 million or or no, it'd be less than that. It'd be more like 3.4, 3.5 million that they would have to take on at least But yeah, you're probably talking the Blackhawks would have to basically eat half of that salary to move him. So I I think that's a highly unlikely scenario. I think Duncan Keith might be a little bit easier to move. Still think you're probably going to have to retain some salary in that deal. And then I'm not sure about Artem and Isimov. Like, are teams really going to be lining up to pay that guy $4.5 million a season for the next two years? I'm honestly not sure what his value is going to be on the trade market. But like you said, he is one of those guys that you could maybe get something for, but there still might be some uh, salary retention. Um, There is one thing I did want to ask you about. I saw Mark Lazarus had tweeted this uh, yesterday when – the Vegas Golden Knights acquired Mark Stone from the Ottawa Senators and promptly signed him to a free agent deal, which what's going to pay him like nine million a season. 
going into free agency, which it seems really high, at least from my perspective, but a lot of people around the league seem cool with it. He suggested the idea of the Blackhawks trading Nicholas Bodan, their first-round pick, and then another asset for Mark Stone and then signing him to a similar contract. What would you have thought if the Blackhawks had done something like that? If I'm doing that, I want Panarin. I want a guy who's done it longer. I want a guy who I know uh, is going to work here. We know he's going to work here. We've seen it work here. Um, maybe Panarin gets an extra million bucks. But if I'm giving you, I don't know if you call if you consider Yokoharu a prospect, fine. Then Bodan's your number three defensive prospect and a first round pick. Um, I, I want I want Panarin. I would want to do it with Panarin. And now Columbus is going to lose him. They didn't trade him at the deadline. They're going all in. That's all fine and good. Uh, but guess what? The Tampa Bay Lightning are still in the NHL, and you can load up as much as you want at the trade deadline. I still don't think anyone's getting past Tampa, barring you know disastrous uh, injuries for that team. Uh, I like Matt Duchesne. I like the other moves that, that Columbus made. But now they're going to lose Bobrovsky. They're going to lose Panarin. And they're, they're throwing caution to the wind here and going for it, which is great. But it's probably not going to work. And uh, they're going to be without those two guys. So maybe the Hawks is yeah. bringing Panarin in as a free agent. That's why I sort of said, like, last week, maybe you consider, you know, trading Brandon Saad to Columbus because then they get a player back and then one of your top defensive prospects and maybe a pick to get Panarin back and resign him. Because if, if you sign Panarin for 10, but you've already cut out six of Saad, it's much more ha- you can manage that, right? Yeah. But anyway, that's not going to happen. It didn't happen. Um, it's just you know what what, what sort of what, what struck me about yesterday is hopefully, and I wrote about this today for six seventy thescore dot com. Hopefully, Stan Bowman has learned his lesson that not every Jamoke that signs a contract needs a no trade clause. I get it. You want to give it to Kane and Taves. I don't want to give it to anybody, but I understand the logic between giving it to Kane, Taves, Keith, and Seabrook. Those are four guys. They're the pillars. They're gonna numbers are gonna hang from the Raptors. Blah blah blah. All that stuff. Fine. I get it. I guess. But Marcus Kruger, Artem Anisimov, Chris Kunitz, Cam Ward. These guys do not need no trade clauses. And maybe yesterday they're able to acquire a couple more draft picks if they didn't have those damn clauses with those players. I just, I don't know. Like. Is is Cam Ward so important to the cause that like you couldn't have traded him yesterday? That some team looking to solidify their goaltending situation wouldn't have traded for Cam Ward yesterday? I don't believe that. Think about like the Hawks going through their cup runs, right? Wouldn't you like to have a guy like Cam Ward backing up Corey Crawford or Antti Niemi, whoever it was during those cup runs? Everyone would like to have a guy like that at that sort of a salary. But these no movement clauses that Sam Bowman hands out like candy. Uh, they've come back to bite him in the ass, and it, and it makes him, it limits his options at the trade deadline. Look, when they traded for Artem Anisimov, did he really need a no movement clause to sign here? What are you talking about? I know it's it's hindsight and it's past history, whatever. But like, I don't know. These things catch up to you. These extra millions, these no movement clauses, they're the ones that can screw you down the road. And that's I think where we are firmly with the Blackhawks right now. <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and relitigate all those moves that Stan no, Bowman has made. I we feel shouldn't. like we 
I, I feel like we've done that before. I feel like we've really gone in depth into like those weird no movement and no trade clauses. And obviously it limited what the Blackhawks were able to do, at least if they had decided they wanted to sell a little bit at the deadline. It didn't make things any easier for them. And especially in a market where it seemed like the sellers were getting kind of the better end of the deal for the most part. It was kind of weird to see the Blackhawks just completely sit things out. But I still I still think Stan Bowman, his eyes are toward the future and he didn't get, excuse me, any deals that he necessarily liked. So he kind of let other teams in the West and even in the Central Division get a little bit better. I did want to ask you, Jay, before we move on, there was another big story that happened yesterday. We're going to talk a little bit about Corey Crawford getting activated from injured reserve and what it means for the Blackhawks moving forward. But I do want to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, who to you was the big winner of trade deadline day in the NHL? I think, uh, well, I think the best player to move was Matt Duchesne. I think him going to Columbus is going to be huge. But the best fit for me is Wayne Simmons in Nashville. I think you add a dude like that to a team that's already stacked, that's already playoff proven, they're already tested. Um, You're adding Wayne Simmons now, one of the few remaining legitimate power forwards in the NHL that is a dude that any team would love to add at the playoffs I think he is a perfect fit for the Predators so while he may not be the most impressive name moving I think the fit and I think the functionality of that deal that just it's just too perfect it's a perfect fit for the Predators to add Wayne Simmons so I think that to me is going to be the one that pays off the most Uh, these Western Conference teams just trying to load up to go against uh, what will probably be the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, in the Stanley Cup Final. Maybe I'm being a little presumptuous with the Lightning, but I just think they're so much better than anybody else. Um, that, that to me, uh, that Simmons move is to, is the was my favorite of the day. I thought it was kind of interesting that the Blue Jackets apparently inquired about uh, getting Henrik Lundqvist from the New York Rangers. I thought that was a... Obviously, that move didn't come to fruition, but I loved that that's where their head was at, that they were just that adamant about just loading up for this season and completely going for it, that that was one of the ideas that they bandied about. So I definitely agree with you. I like what Columbus did. Uh, Also, with Nashville, getting Wayne Simmons and Mikhail Granlund were both really strong moves. I really like the way they solidified their forward group, especially with the defensemen that that team has. I think that Nashville... Right now, I would say is just there. They got to be in that conversation as the Western Conference favorite right now. I really liked what they did. No idea what the heck the Pittsburgh Penguins are doing. Like, why'd you go out and get Eric Goodbranson? You already have Jack Johnson. Like, that's two guys now that they have signed for the next two seasons after this one. They can't play defense. They basically have two Brent Seabrooks now. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't know what Jim Rutherford is doing in Pittsburgh, which means, of course, that they're going to upset the Tampa Bay Lightning and they're going to go on and win their third Stanley Cup in four seasons. It's just going to happen now. <laughs> I don't think because that's I'm happen. questioning G- Jr. I think you're pretty uh, safe in that. I think you're pretty safe that I don't think they're going to. The Pens aren't, don't impress me much this year, to quote Shania Twain. Uh, they don't Again, have... I'm just saying, man, they've still got Matt Murray who can do his little stand-on-his-head thing. They've still got guys like Brian Rust and Sidney Crosby. By the way... I like you, not, said, not Brian Rust, I like you said Brian Rust before Sidney Crosby. You, but you get the point, <laughs> yes. though. It's, like, it's just like this plug, and then, oh, yeah, they still have Sidney Crosby. Right, like, that guy. 
I, I was looking up the other day uh, the franchise leaders for the Penguins all time, and obviously Mario Lemieux dominates the list. Did you know Sidney Crosby is now the all-time leader in games played for the Penguins? No. He is. Wow. That's yeah, impressive. He, I have no he, idea. Yeah, he just passed Mario Lemieux, and he's obviously like second and third in basically everything else. But I thought that was kind of interesting. But anyway, no, I is. like what Col- you know, it's funny. Ahead, I was sorry. No, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, well, I forgot what I was reading. Something about Chris Chelios. And when I was younger, it felt like he was there forever. It was only eight years. And I say only eight years, but like Kane and Taze have been here lo- like longer than that. Yep. And Seabrook and Keith have been here longer than that. It just it felt like Chris Chelios was just on the Hawks forever. And uh, it was only eight seasons. It's, it's kind of crazy. He was with the Wings longer than he was with the Hawks. Think about yep. that. It's it's unreal to me thinking about my formative hockey years that that guy was a Red Wing longer than he was a Blackhawk. It just it it almost doesn't compute, yeah. you know, like it just it doesn't sound right when you hear it. Um, but just to finish up the uh, trade deadline talk and then we'll switch to Corey Crawford. I liked what Columbus did, loved what Nashville did. And I, and I think that uh, Vegas Golden Knights, man, they they know they've got just all of this capital they're just freaking going for it. They're trying to get back to the Stanley Cup final for a second straight year and more power to them. I like how aggressive George McPhee and company have been both years that they've been in the NHL. I think that's going to be a really interesting, really entertaining race down the stretch. And while I kind of wish the Blackhawks had been more active just so we would have had more to talk about with that, it is what it is. And it was interesting to see what other teams did now. The move the Blackhawks did make yesterday was activating Corey Crawford from injured reserve and sending down Colin Delia to the AHL, which ensures that Colin Delia and Dylan Secura will both be eligible for Rockford in the AHL playoffs. So that little bit of a paper transaction thing for the Blackhawks, but more importantly, Corey Crawford potentially back in net. How are you feeling about that, buddy? Uh, I guess good. I mean, he's obviously the best goalie in the organization. I, I do worry that the next one will be the last one, but what what can you do, right? He wants to play. He's been cleared. And if he's cleared to play, he should be the starter, right? He should be the guy getting the bulk of minutes. Um, I, you know me, I'm, I'm a staunch Corey Crawford defender. I'm a big fan of his game. I think when he came back earlier this season, he was really impressive. I don't know how big of a difference he can make or what is fair to expect from him coming back because look he might be the best goalie in the organization but that defense didn't get any better overnight and he's still got Eric Gustafson in front of him and he's still got uh Carl Dahlstrom in front of him and these guys that are sort of uh burnt toast on a night-to-night basis um so I don't know I don't know what's a fair expectation but I'm happy to see him back I'm happy to see him healthy uh, all reports from around the team are that he's in great spirits ready to go he was sort of chomping at the bit to get in the net and the Hawks were saying all right Calm down. We're going to get you in there. Let's take this slow. Let's take it easy. So I think all sides have handled this pretty well. Uh, And I'm excited, man. I'm I'm happy for him personally to see him back in the net because I think a lot of us thought when we saw Evander Kane pull himself off of Corey Crawford that that might have been the last time we saw number 50 in the net. And I'm glad it's not, um, you know, mixed feelings about his future and especially with all the stuff Daniel Carcillo has been bringing to light over the last couple of years. That's always in the back of your head, but this is what he wants to do. He feels healthy enough to do it, so uh, I'm glad he's back, and I'm sure he is too. 
yeah, I'm sure he's pumped to get back into the playoff race, even though the Blackhawks are kind of, you know, fading a bit in that regard. They're currently five points out of the second playoff spot in the Western Conference. Not looking particularly great for them, but I still think for Corey Crawford, it's about more than that. It's just about getting back on the ice, proving that he's healthy, proving that he can stay healthy and stay on the ice. And I know that has to be at least a little bit has to kind of hang that the next concussion that he suffers could be the one that just finally ends his career. But he still has a clearly a lot of love and a lot of passion for hockey. And I know we throw around words like competitor a lot when it comes to sports and especially a sport like hockey where grit and passion and fire and sandpaper, my friend, are all thrown about pretty willy-nilly. Corey Crawford is a competitor, though. He absolutely wants to get back on the ice to prove to everybody, including himself, that he can still do it. And you could tell in his interviews that he was just itching to get back out there, prove what he can do, and hopefully drag the Blackhawks kicking and screaming into the playoffs because that pretty clearly is the goal that he has in mind. And like you said, I mean, more power to him if that's what he wants to do. It's his decision. It's his body. It's his head. I think that The Blackhawks didn't put any pressure on him to come back sooner. This was all Corey Crawford, and I think the organization, I I like that they've pulled on the reins a little bit to kind of be cautious with him. But, yeah, if he's healthy and ready to go, then more power to him, and let's see what he's got. Man, it would have been nice to, with him coming back probably tomorrow, to pick up at least half of those points available this weekend. But losing to Colorado and then Dallas, ugh. Man, that, that was so critical, and had they won those two games, it is a totally different story. I yep. mean, oh my gosh, it's so disappointing. And they played well in both those games. The Colorado game, they played well enough to win. Uh, I actually missed the Dallas game because we were at our Awesome Wolves event, um, and it's on WGN, and it didn't tape. So, But uh, from all <laughs> reports, it was a solid effort with every mistake they made ending up in the back of their net. But look, you don't get two points for moral victories, and uh, that's what they need. They need points, not moral victories. So hopefully they can get hot again here and rattle off some wins in a row and get back in this thing. But, man, those four points lost really hurt. (laughs) Oh, man, we're going to get into the discussion of participation trophies and stuff if we're not careful with that. But, um, no, like it – they had their opportunity like this weekend playing those two teams specifically that you're chasing in the standings teams that made some moves and got better. The Blackhawks just showed that they're just that little bit short. And I know their offense has looked really good this season. They've got probably the offense to be a playoff contender. The problem is their defense just isn't anywhere close to being good enough. And we saw that repeatedly that there'd be these little mistakes that they would make that would cost them goals. And I don't care how good Corey Crawford or Cam Ward or Colin Delia is at the end of the day, the defense just doesn't have the horses necessary to stop teams like Colorado and Dallas. And if they can't stop them, then you're darn well not going to stop a team like Nashville or Winnipeg when you're playing them in April. So here's the thing though, with Crawford. All right. If let's, let's go way back and pretend like Crawford was ready to play Friday. Right. And that's his first game against Colorado. And one of those mistakes is made, and he's able to make a save that Delia can't make or Cam Ward can't make. That could be the difference in two points. And it happens again on Sunday against Dallas. He makes a, he bails a team out by making a spectacular save. Those are the sort of differences. Like, like one goal in these games makes a huge difference, especially when you have the offense the Blackhawks have where they're never really truly out of it. 
um, especially when the power play is clicking as well as it has been, they're never really out of a game. So if you can have your goalie make a big save or two or three during the course of the game, we've talked about this with the power play, that can be an equalizer between good and bad teams. The same thing can be said for a goalie, you know, making ridiculous save after ridiculous save. I think this goes without saying, but maybe if it's Crawford and Net in those two games, instead of Ward and instead of Delia, they come out with two or four of those points. And it's not a stretch to think that that could have been a possibility. It's not a stretch, but I still think it shows the inherent weaknesses in your team, the way that they played these games that they I know they're not technically must win. I don't want to get Joe Ostrowski or anybody like that <laughs> riled up, but they're about as close as you're going to get for a regular season game as you go into the final quarter of your schedule. And the fact of the matter remains that, you know, all hypotheticals aside, they just didn't get the four points that they needed to get. And frankly, to me, they showed the weaknesses that indicate why they're not necessarily a playoff team. And ultimately right now, I believe they have the seventh worst record in the NHL. And I I'm getting to the point now where you drop a few more points. It's like, okay, fine. Start bringing a few uh, young guys up from Rockford, give them a look and see if we can't get that maybe into a top five chance at the number one pick in the draft, instead of worrying about a playoff run that just doesn't seem like it's in the cards this season. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It, it's uh, it does expose those issues, um, and having Corey Crawford bail them out is just probably delaying the inevitable. You're right. But hey, we got to mention uh, the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris seven zero eight four seven eight six zero nine zero. Went into Triple Threat Sports last week, picked up our Madhouse Podcast Wolves event T-shirts. They are the coolest thing we've made so far, and uh, we've got some leftovers. So we're gonna find a way. Uh, to either offer those up or get them to you guys somehow. They look fantastic. They're just gray with black print, but they're super wearable. Something you wear around town, they look sweet. So thanks to Chris for hooking those up. If you need anything lettered, you need your jerseys done, you want to buy an authentic? When I walked in, there was a case of authentic Hawks jerseys just sitting there. I almost grabbed them and ran, but I didn't. Uh, but That may have impacted our sponsorship. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But go there for all your outfitting needs, 708-478-6090. Got to take a break. We come back, we'll do the three stars of the game. We'll do the email of the show. We want to also tell you about our friends at Marishka's and Crest Hill, 604 Theodore Street, family owned and operated since 1933. The poor boys, the steaks, the chops, the seafood, the whole nine, everything at Marishka's is awesome. So go visit them out in Crest Hill. Bring your friends, bring your family. They've got a great craft beer selection. So if you do bring your family, it'll be a little bit easier to get through. Visit them, marishkas.com or on Facebook at Facebook dot com slash marishkas that's m-e-r-i-c-h-k-a-s we'll be right back with a whole lot more on the madhouse chicago hockey podcast me 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 but also you the pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film powder donut okay what's my line uh the only line i see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from progressive oh man that's a tongue twister huh I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The three stars of the week are brought to you by our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving all your real estate needs in the Chicagoland area. 708-675-1600. Number three star of the week goes to Drake Kajula. 
He had a goal. He had six shots on goal, six hits in his last two games uh, coming off that eye injury against Detroit. Good to see him bouncing back. And, man, the more we look at that trade <laughs> with Brandon Manning now in Bakersfield, hockey hotbed Bakersfield, uh, the better that trade looks. Hey, man, at least they have a cool mascot name. The Condors, they do. Um, was that the team that the Condor, like, attacked the anthem singer? Was that the... Or was that a different team that had a giant bird of prey out on the ice? I don't know. You, you remember that? that? There was like a viral video then Randy like during Johnson the National a Anthem, like a bird like attacked somebody. No, I didn't see that. Hmm. Well, I'm going to have to look that up. And uh, if I find it, I'll post it on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast Facebook page. Please so do So like that. that and you'll get to see a bird attacking people at a hockey rank. And who doesn't like that? All right. Number two star <laughs> of the week goes to Eric Gustafson. Four assists. In his last two games, uh, we can't make him number one star because he's just a disaster defensively. So I don't think he'll ever really get there. It's like, yeah, but every time you mention him. So uh, I wrote about him in my 670 this score piece today, too. I was like, he's been really impressive, parentheses, offensively. And I put parentheses <laughs> offensively like six times in the uh, <laughs> the piece because you want to be clear. But, he, you know, look, offensively, he's really, really good. If he was playing 12 to 15 minutes a night, I don't think we would talk as much as we do about his defense. I really don't. But they, they're having him play all these minutes like he's a top two defenseman, and he just isn't. So, like, this is my favorite stat from the Dallas game, by the way. He had 25 minutes and 24 seconds of ice time in that game. Care to take a, a guess at how much of that time came shorthanded? No, I do not. Not a second That sounds right. Not a second. Everyone else on the blue line played time shorthanded, including Brent Seabrook, but Eric Gustafson did not. He played seven minutes on the power play in that game. Seven minutes! Wow. It was, yeah, it's crazy. Like, I think he literally played every second the Blackhawks were on the power play in that game, but not, yeah. So his defense stinks. Obviously, you mentioned that ad nauseum in your piece, which was really good, by the way. Good Thank job, you. Jay. Thank you. And but offensively, yeah, he's just he's been a big time difference maker. And like I said, if he was playing 12 to 15 minutes a night, I think we'd be talking about his offense and his defense wouldn't be nearly as big of a concern as it is. All right. Well, you had a nugget. Now I'm going to have a nugget before we name our number one star. We're not giving it to Patrick King because the scoring streak ended and he's a bum and doesn't deserve it. Yeah, that's right. Know, Take away his contract, rip it up. Do you know how many shots on goal he had against Colorado? Um, I'm going to guess six. Higher. No way. Eight? Higher. Nine? Higher. Dude. So, all right, 11. Higher. 13. 13 shots on goal. <laughs> so, let me get this straight. He had 20 <laughs> shots on goal in the last two games because he had seven against Dallas. Doesn't matter. He didn't score. Nope. So he's not he's nope. not a star. Nope. nope. You get out of here, Patrick Kane. Nope. Sorry. Th that's going to hurt his uh, scoring percentage quite a bit. That would be a uh, participation trophy if we gave him a star. Dude, of the that week. is it. That that is a Duncan <laughs> Keith level performance right there. Twenty shots on goal and no goals. No, that's a career for Duncan Keith. Twenty shots from Duncan Keith results in hitting the backstop, <laughs> going wide, the slap pass. It doesn't work. Uh, twenty shot attempts is Duncan Keith. Twenty shots on goal, not so much. Uh, number one star of the week goes to the captain. Jonathan Taves with a goal and two assists, seven shots on goal. There was a shift in that Colorado game where he was like, we are scoring and I'm going to make a score and you can't stop me. And it was vintage Jonathan Taves. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. However, in the same game, 
got the puck stolen by Gabriel Landeskog, and Landeskog scored, so it kind of offsets. But Taves has been awesome all year, and uh, he's been really good this week, so he gets the number one star of the week. Thanks to Michael Elwood of REMAX First Service uh, for supplying us the first uh, the three stars. He is our uh, star real estate broker, REMAX First Service, 708-675-1600. Go see him. Uh, he's out in Orland Park, but he services the entire Chicagoland area. He'll get you fixed up with a house is what he will do, and he'll do it with a smile on his face. He was Just at, a very nice guy to be around. I liked would, having yeah. him at that Wolves game. Well, he's like our newest sponsor and is all always at everything. He's shown up to every event we've done so far, and it's really uh, that's awesome. That's really great to see. So we appreciate Michael uh, and his support. We also saw uh, Lisa and, and Mike from Chuck's came out. To the mm-hmm. Wolves event, and Tobias from Rabbit came out. Tobias, by the way, today on uh, his Facebook page, they went out to Blommers, the chocolate factory in Chicago. If you work in the city and you smell that intoxicating aroma of chocolate, that's from Blommers. Went out there, got some chocolate, and he's going to start brewing with it this week. Oh, my God. We've had the uh, chocolate milk stout mm-hmm. that they've been making up, and uh, oh, my God. you got to go to Rabbit and Homewood if you've not been there before. We had two events there this year. Uh, another great sponsor who's jumped on board uh, midway through the season and has been a fantastic partner. Um, I mentioned the chocolate milk stout. Uh, the Hexed is my favorite. The blackberry apricot is just insane. Um, th- it's always changing. Everything there, it, there's always a new beer for you. And I, what I like about that is when you go into Rabbit, you want to fall into your habits. Like, well, this is my favorite. This is what I'm going to get every time. They don't let you do that. They'll take your favorite one off the menu for a while so you try something else. And every time I do that, I'm like, okay, that's my new favorite. Okay, that's my new favorite. I've said it four or five times, and had they not mixed up their menu over and over again, I wouldn't have tried the other thing. So I appreciate them doing that and forcing me out of my comfort zone because every time they've done it, they've made me happy. They know what I like. If you go there, you'll become a regular. They'll know what you like. The time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. James, are you ready for emails? You know what, Jay? After the weekend that we've had filled with good sponsors and good beer and good times, I can think of nothing better. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email segment, as always, is brought to you by Chuck Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com i'm going there tonight i am so excited i cannot wait to hang up on you and go to chucks and stuff my face full of beer and nachos and beef thanks for the invite jerk i don't want to hang out with you i hung out with you this weekend i've had enough it's time for family gorging (laughs) i i have a life-size image in my head of addy gorging on anything but like girl scout cookies oh she'll do that too She'll do that, too. She's in a growth spurt, so it's like if it's not tied down, she's eating it. So, oh, uh, well, she'll, she should be on the uh, Next Time Fat podcast, and she can do Addie's Fashion Corner. She should. Addie's Fat Chin Corner, we can call it. Ah, nice. Yes. Anyway, go to Chuck's. Try their Cajun. Try their Mexican. Try everything. It's all awesome. I'm going to try it all tonight, and I'll report back next week. Chuck'sCafe.com. Burbank, Darian. Do it. All right. The email of the show comes from... Tony in Burbank. Tony hey, says he should go to Chuck's. He should. He's right there. How did I not make that connection? That's really <laughs> dumb of me. Jonathan Taves is having his best season in years. Oh, he mm. says, hey, fellas, by the way, I forgot to read that part. Hello, Tony. 
is this something that's sustainable or next year will we see Jonathan Taves go back to the guy we saw the three years prior? Oh, crap. That's a negative thought. No, it's a good question, though. Like, you really, like, after the last couple of years. Oop, I just threw something. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I was so passionate about Tony's <laughs> question. And anyway, I with Jonathan Taves, it's a very fair question to ask. It's not one I want to think about, but it's fair. I, I To me, okay, here's my prediction. Here's what's going to happen. He'll regress just a little bit. It's not going to it's not going to go back to the level of the last 3 years I don't think. I think Jonathan Taves really has found something in Jeremy Colladin's system. I think he's going to stick around with Patrick Kane on that line. I I see that staying together and I see that being very beneficial for the captain. I still think at some point in the next couple of years you are going to see him get Claude Giroud and you're going to see him get moved to wing. Not maybe not permanently, but they're going to experiment with it. And I think that as Dylan Strom gets more experience at center and as the team maybe starts to reshape their roster a little bit, we'll see who they draft this season. I think Jonathan Taves is going to get some looks at wing. And I think his production as a result is not going to jump off of some cliff. I think it's going to be consistent with what he's doing now. It might not be quite to this level. But I think it's going to be pretty dang solid. And I think that the future still looks pretty good for number 19 in red. Well, that leads me into a question of my own. You, you sort of got there and then you didn't you didn't go all the way through. Do you think that when he reaches his maximum potential, Dylan Strome can be a number one center? Ooh. Um, I... He's nearly a point a game now. Yeah, but a lot of it is power play based. A lot of it yeah. is as much as but I, I love also what I've think seen. He's going to be playing with uh, Alex DeBrincat, and I think that's going to ultimately be beneficial for him as well. So I don't know, man. <sighs> to me, he's like I think a, he's going to he, be a one B. He's like, an ideal number two. Yes, I think he's a. I think he's the kind of number two center that the Blackhawks for many seasons just couldn't find. I think that that's a really good. That's about where I expect him to be. I don't think he's going to be a number one. I think he's just going to be a really solid, really good number two. Nothing like a solid number two, James, to wrap up your morning. All right, well, that was that's a crappy be, joke. That, oh, see, now you're just doubling down on it. <laughs> just stop. This is a family program, you dick. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up. This is a little slappy. We need a game to happen and quickly. Uh, thank yes. you all for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Also want to thank our sponsors. Chuck Southern Converts Cafe, Burbank, Darien. Go there, do there. Watch me eat food tonight. Chuck's Cafe. Do, did I say do there? You did, Go actually. Go there, eat there. Uh, Chuck'sCafe.com. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family owned and operated since 1933. Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Go drink those mythological level craft ales. Visit them in Homewood. RabbitBrewing.com. And, of course... Our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood, with REMAX First Service, 708-675-1600. Buy your dream home, your dream condo, rent your dream apartment with Michael Elwood of REMAX First Service. That's going to do it. Hawks play very late at night tomorrow, so no post-game show, but we'll be around. Uh, we'll be talking to you guys soon. Uh, keep an eye on the new Instagram account, madhouse underscore pod. Lots of cool stuff on there. We do those post-podcast promotional videos. We do all kind of fun stuff on that account. Uh, we're also obviously on Twitter at Madhouse Pod and on Facebook at Madhouse Hockey Shy, C H I. 
Uh, so make sure you follow us on all of our social media to stay abreast. <laughs> I said abreast of all things Madhouse Podcast. For that, for my partner James Naveau, I'm Jay Zawoski. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you very, very soon on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Hot flashes, irritability, intimate dryness, even unsatisfying sex. Hi, I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a board-certified OBGYN who has spent over 20 years helping women just like you safely find relief from these very natural symptoms without having to resort to hormones. To help my patients feel their best, I recommend products from Bonafide Health. Bonafide is a women's health company dedicated to providing women with non-hormonal and clinically validated products that work. Bonafide provides safe and effective solutions to manage a range of menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend Bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a Bonafide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to HelloBonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's HelloBonafide.com and code RADIO39. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.